Okay, we don't we don't have time no, for uh, theme the music because in our right. last episode, last episode, um, <laughs> there was so much angel mouth raping going on that uh, we didn't get far enough into our notes. Attempted. Uh, welcome back to the Renaissance. Yeah, yeah, episode yeah. fifty-one. Yeah, hashtag there was an attempt. Uh, <laughs> at the end of our last episode, <clears throat> after all of the uh, sex with virgins and uh, anal, uh, angel, <laughs> K- angel K- mouth sex. raping, we right. said that I said that after um, six months, after Kokoma had been in uh, exile for six months, the uh, shit started to fall apart back in Florence. <laughs> the people are turning against Ronaldo. So but we're sort of by April. Th- 1434. Yeah. Uh, Even the banking families, the oligarchy, the other banking families that are left behind aren't supporting him or his reign of terror because I assume they're not sure he's going to be around much longer. So they they pull the plug on supporting his uh, corrupt elections and his uh, vision for the city. They they no bankers in Florence or elsewhere would loan the city any money. According to one of Coco Mar's only uh, own account that he wrote afterwards, no banker could be persuaded to fill the city treasury with so much as a pistachio nut. <laughs> now I don't know if you know this, but pistachio nuts at the time were very very highly sought after. Very you know they they were worth a lot of money. So you know pistachio yeah. nut. In Florence, right. 1434, oh, yeah. man, people would kill yeah. for a pistachio nut. The, yeah, pistachio nuts were a big deal. Uh, yeah. No, but yeah. I'm, glad you, yeah. I'm glad you made that distinction because, like I was saying in the last episode, one, for the people, for the popolo minuto who, let's be honest, don't really count, they can still give mean looks, they can still give off vibes, they can still not like what's going on, even, they, the, even though they don't have any control. And you've got to think that roughly 40 to 50% of them probably missed the Medici's, even if it was just based on their reputation of helping the, the poor people. That's one thing. But like you just said, now now the oligarch families are not helping. Uh, but here's the thing. They're, they're saying, we're just going to step back, and if you win, great, we'll support you. But because we're not going to help you um, politically or financially... We're just going to sit here. But, of course, his argument is, if you do not help me financially, I can't bribe people. I can't pay off uh, the, the, the poor people. I can't do circus and games to keep the people entertained. So by you not helping me financially, you've made your decision. You could pretend to be neutral, but if you're not helping me, I'm screwed. I'm probably screwed. It's just a matter of when. But I think you're right. I think these people sensed what was going on, and they probably knew that um, Cosmo was out there just biding his time and doing what he could passively. And I think and to some degree they made their decision. They just backed up, and they saw this big storm coming, and they didn't want to get caught up in it. Getting back to the pistachio. Yeah, please do. Uh, Did you know that archaeology shows that pistachio seeds have been a common food since at least 6750 BCE? Damn! Pliny the Elder, in his Natural History, writes that it is well known among us that the trees are unique to Syria and that the seed was introduced into Italy during the reign of Tiberius. Remember, 35 CE, hmm. and into Hispania at the same time by our old friend Flaccus Pompeius. 
Uppity Softy, right, as right. we call him in the recent oh show. God. Uppity Softy, Flaccus Pompeius, so introduced the uh, seed into Hispania. Another commodity for the Roman Empire. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Florence is at war with Milan again in 1434. Did got they defeated win? again. Oh, shit. Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they keep doing this, quite frankly. <laughs> why? Why do they keep trying to go to war? This time. Stop it. Listen, this is the third one. time. Lucky. Yeah. Well, this is your fifth time. Well, yeah, yeah. It's only my um, third time. And, of course, that put a big hole in the treasury. And the last couple of times they've had these big wars, uh, the, the Medici Bank has had to bail the city out. Right. This time, not, not, not happening. So there is uh, no money. Oh, no money in the so, city treasury. Yeah. So things start to shut down. People are not happy. Right, so the, the some of the poor are not happy, the oligarchs are not happy, and now there's been this war that they lost, so are they going to have to raise taxes again? And you're right, there's no Medici money to, to get. So there's, as you said in the last episode, there's an election every two months. And so now it's time for the next set of elections for the Signoria and the leader. And Albizzi, knowing he has to keep going, tries to rig this election, tries to buy, bribe everybody, just like he did with the last election that got Cosimo kicked out of town. But for whatever reason, and I don't know if this is a matter of money, I don't know if it's a matter of sympathy or just people are pissed about the way things are going. But as far as those as far as those people who could vote, who were allowed to vote, they vote in all Medici supporters for all eight seats of the Signorita Signoria as far, as far, as well as the Gonfaloniere. So when the next group takes over, it's going to be one hundred percent Medici supporters and Albizzi is got to be freaking out. There was he tried, but this was just a tidal wave that just ran right over him. So do you think putting the treasury on the Medici bank tit uh, earlier was part of Coco's cunning plan? Like we'll just get it's it's basically like getting somebody addicted to crystal meth. <laughs> Because if you ever if you ever banish me, right. I'm taking my crystal meth with me. Then fucking, yeah. what are you going to do? You're going to go into with, withdrawals. You're going to get that good Heisenberg <laughs> blue from the Medici <laughs> Bank, my friends. Um, so, yeah. do you think that was part of his cunning plan? I, I think his plan, and probably the plan of his father, was to have as many different aspects of the city, whether it's just artists mm. or whatever, and also um, the people in general, but to have as many aspects of the city dependent upon the Medici Bank as as um, could possibly be, because then you strengthen, you know, you are literally needed. It's not that you're wanted, you are needed. Because we were saying last time that when... Um, uh, Cosimo was in jail. The Pope, various other city-states sent representatives because he had done such good work for other places, you know, loaning them money and helping them with their businesses. So, again, to be needed by so many different groups of people is just a power base that is very hard to break. You know, this kind of reminds me of um, a real thing that I saw happen a lot mm-hmm. in my sort of startup days, dot-com days, particularly in the US. So uh, a classic right. trick is you've got a, let's say you've got a tech startup mm-hmm. really, really doing well. Venture capitalists come in and say, Hey, we'll, we'll give you, we'll give you money. We'll give you a hundred million dollars. Right. Um, and they say, well, we need, we need 200 million. They go, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll give you a hundred million to start with. And uh, this, don't worry about it. Plenty more where that came from. We, we got billions. Just right. go for it. 
So you, you take the hundred million, and they go, listen, uh, well, obviously uh, you need to look the part, you know, look the part, be the part, motherfucker. So they say, go, go get flashing new offices and hire another two hundred people and uh, make some acquisitions and you know, got to spend that money yeah. quick. Invest. And they don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. There'll be more. There'll be more where that comes from. Right. So just, just go spend it, grow fast. Grow big, grow fast was the old dot-com motto. Right. So the uh, founder of the startup goes and does that. And, you know, he's, he spends $99.999 million and goes, okay, all right, well, we're growing fast. I need that next 100 mil. And they go... Yeah, listen. You know, we don't we don't like the numbers. We don't like what you're doing with it. Yeah. Um, we don't like how quickly you spend all that money. He goes, "Well, you, you told me to spend it quickly." <laughs> uh, yeah, but you did it. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, that was a test, really. Yeah. Oh. And he goes, "But, but, but, I need the money. I can't make my payroll, and I've got 500 new people here that I'm paying for." They go, "Well." Listen, um, okay, we'll bail you out, but you have to sell us your shares for two cents on the dollar, and oh. um, we want to. And you're out, and you're we're going to take up. over. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, and and that's basically how they take over these uh, startups: is they give them a basically a free line of credit, encourage them to spend it like there's no tomorrow. Once they've spent it, then they pull the string and go, <laughs> sorry, Sucker. now now you need the money yeah. and we will only give it to you if, and no one else can come in and fund it because the VCs have got all of these uh, first right of refusals in their contract right. and lines of, lines of uh, you know, hold over certain assets and all these sorts of things. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a trick that I've seen played out many, many times. And, you know, mm. young entrepreneurs are dumb. They don't, they don't uh, Excitable. know how the game is played. And, yeah. yeah, so they end up on the bones of their ass. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, I, I wonder if that happened. The Medici came in and said, listen, yeah, we'll bankroll the city. Let's go crazy. Let's build new things. Let's do new things. Yay. Money. Money is not a problem. Go crazy. So when uh, the money, if the money was taken away, right. people would freak out. Notice, yeah, you know, yeah, and they're freaking yeah. out now. They're free, and they voted that way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I wanted to. You, you mentioned that even the Gonfalonieri was uh, friendly to the Medici. Uh, do you know who he was and what he's famous for? Al Franken. No, who who was it? <laughs> It's fucking random. Why? Why? I Al have no Franken? idea. I have no fucking idea. He used to say, "People, people like me. People <laughs> trust me." And gosh darn God, it, God, I'm it. good enough. <laughs> I love. <I'm> <laughs> no, I just popped uh, in my head. He was a. He was. <laughs> he was a Medici business partner called Niccolo de Coco. Oh, uh, the inventor of chocolate. I knew that. It's a little known fact. I knew that. There they know me with Niccolo de Coco, (laughs) the uh, Medici business partner, actually invented uh, chocolate. Yeah. (laughs) No, I don't don't know anything about him, Um, except he was Niccolo de Coco. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, but Ronaldo, so Ronaldo's got it all against him, but he has balls the size (laughs) of cannonballs. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's, he is not yeah. going to go away quietly. Well, yeah, I, I, this is amazes, amazes me because we've said on this show several times that the Florentines are so gosh darn proud of their quote unquote republic 
vis-a-vis other city-states around them. But we know it's not. We know, you know, offices and people can be bought and paid for, and, and it often happens. And so Abitsi is determined to not let this group that, as far as we can tell, has been legitimately, elect- legitimately elected to the office take their positions. He's got to, d- to decide now, how do I stop them? Do I stop them openly with war? I can't bribe because I probably don't have as much money as I used to have. And so he's literally considering trying to find a way to get them from taking office because he has a really good idea of what one of the first things they're going to do once they sit down in those seats. Yeah. So he goes to the ruling families, the oligarchies, uh, the oligarchy, and tries to get them to support him. Yeah. Using violence Jeez. to present uh, to prevent the signoria from taking office. Mm-hmm. But according to Machiavelli, who we have to take with a little bit of grain of salt in these things because he was always trying to suck up to the Medici in his own time. But he says that uh, even some of the ruling families thought it was going too far. Too much violence and likely to be attended with great evil is how he puts it. Now, the, the city's new elder statesman, the guy who replaced Niccolo di Uzzano, was Paola Strozzi. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Paolo Strozzi was, uh, you know, the, the Strozzi are one of the very, very, very old oligarchical families of Florence. He is crazy rich. <laughs> but, right? But educated by humanists, ah. the same the same as uh, Coco Ma and Larry. Right. He, he, he understood Greek and Latin had his own collection of ancient manuscripts and rare books. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, he's kind of friendly at some level with the Medici. Yeah. He's, uh, he's part of the humanist circles. But he's also the richest man in Florence Damn. at the time. Yeah. Uh, well, certainly he was in 1427. I don't know about 1434, but in 1427 he was the richest man in Florence, according to the Castato. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Castato said his gross taxable assets were one hundred and sixty-two thousand nine hundred and forty-seven <laughs> florins. Ooh. He also owned fifty-four farms, sure. thirty houses, mm-hmm. a banking firm with a capital of forty-five thousand florins, and communal bonds. Damn. This guy is richer than God, richer than Cosimo, but which way is he going to lean? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think uh, Papa Joe may have been richer than him originally, but obviously when he died, his wealth got spread between Coco and Larry. And uh, I can't remember exactly. I I think it was like 125,000 florins was what he bequeathed to Coco and Larry. But um, either way, but that was, you know, going back a few years too. But anyway, he advises Ronaldo to be very cautious. He said, look, the Florentine people know the Republic is corrupt. They're not idiots, but they're very proud of it still. Yeah. They've got a lot of pride in the fact that they have a Republic when no one else really does. I mean, the Venetians have got a version of it. But um, it, and I see they're a bit like Americans today. They, like, they kind of know yeah. that their system is rigged, completely fixed. corrupt. Yeah, yeah. But as soon as you criticise it, they go crazy. Yeah. 
How dare you criticise our flag? We close ranks. Yes. <laughs> you Austrian son of a bitch. Yeah. No, we, we close Austrian? ranks. Austrian? Yeah. Australian. Sorry, I, was, yeah. I, I got you confused. No, they, they. I think most of them don't know the difference between <laughs> Austria and Australia either. You're probably wrong. No, but see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So Strozzi says, look, whatever you do, violence is probably not the answer. So, yeah, go cautious, go slow, but violence isn't going to get you what you want because the backlash is going to be so intense. And so Ronaldo agrees with this but to, to whatever degree, but he's certainly not happy about it. Yeah. So he agrees to allow the Signoria to take office on one <laughs> condition. <laughs> yeah. He makes them promise... Pick and swear. ...that... At no time during their 60 days will they bring back the Medici from exile. That sounds fair. And, and they said, we promise. <laughs> Have you ever had an Italian promise you anything? And I don't mean that as harsh as it sounds, but come on. I mean, they hit on my wife in front of me during our honeymoon in Rome. So forgive me if, I, if I'm not trusted of an Italian who looks me in the eye and says, I promise I'm just going to take your wife for ice cream. We'll be back in an hour. Okay? That's pretty much what happened. And I had to hold her hand tightly, but she didn't go. Try as she might. True fucking story on the Span- Spanish steps, yeah. I believe. I think it was the Spanish steps. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm not over yeah. it yet. And what's surprising, I'm not over it. What's surprising to me is she didn't go. Well, she tried. You must have really she, held oh, on tight. I had a, I had a yeah. death grip. I had a Catholic wedding death grip on that hand. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. You kept, you, kept, you kept yelling out, you go to hell. You'll go to hell. <laughs> I mean, he'll take That's you to heaven really first. But after that, you'll yeah. go to hell. I held on to that <laughs> hand like Thanos held on to that glove, that gauntlet. No, but I held on tight. <laughs> She was like, uh, the Italian guy just looked at you, looked at her, and he was like, yeah. come on. Come on. Hey, come, hey, on. Hey, come on. Come on. You're a sister, right? That's the first thing yeah. he said. Allora. <laughs> Allora. Anyway. Um, so a month, a month after the Signoria takes office, right. Ronaldo has to go out of town <laughs> on business for a few days. Sure. And just like... Your wife does whenever you go out of town on business. <laughs> the Signoria immediately right. I, got on the phone yeah. and called their other lover right. and said, she's gone, he's gone, quick, the, get over here. The coast here. is clear. Bring the, bring the, yeah. bring the whips. <laughs> the um, the Signoria unclenched their, unclosed their crossed fingers when they made the vow like Heather uncrosses her legs and they send a message to Venice. <laughs> says, Cosimo, would you, would you be willing to come back again and again and again oh, like, better, like Heather does? <laughs> <laughs> we better hope she'd never, and your children never listen to this show. I, I'm, I'm not worried. Oh, my God. She loves me now. Love is blind. You know, the expectations have been cut in half at least. We're good. We're good now. <laughs> at least. So, yeah. a few days later, yeah. Ronaldo got back to Florence and was immediately summoned to the Palazzo della Signoria. Huh. Huh. Now. <laughs> huh. This sounds familiar. Huh. This sounds familiar. But they... 
But they promised me, he said. No. Now, he said, well, I I don't get summoned. That's right. I do the summoning. I'm the summoner, not the summonee. I've got a, I've got a recording of him here. Here we go. Uyen, I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. Yeah, Fucking that's what he a. said. Oop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am the one who knocks. I am the danger. <laughs> So I think the word summoned might have tipped him off about what was about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But not an idiot. He has a plan. (laughs) Cunning. I mean. Cunning plan. Personally, I think he was an idiot for going out of town for a few days. How in the hell? Uh, Yeah. I would have been uh, keeping a. I would have been like Gus Fring with security (laughs) cameras in the lab on that shit. And yes, I am rewatching Breaking Bad. (laughs) Um, I, I would, uh, oh yeah, I'd be all over that shit. I'd have Mike, uh, watching over right. the Signoria but the whole time. It's only two months. He couldn't stay in town for two months. Yeah. Fuck. Just stay. Like how important was this trip? You yeah. couldn't send someone exactly. really a lackey. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he has a plan. Yeah. So he goes immediately when he gets summoned to the Palazzo Albici. He thinks hey, I've I've seen this I've seen this movie before. Right. I know how this plays out. That's right. He goes to the Palazzo Albizzi, where he has his bodyguard of five hundred men. Sure, standard. Now, I've I've, I've you yeah, standard really? Yeah. <laughs> For the richest, his men. Praetorian guard. <laughs> yeah, he's his Praetorian guard. Take up strategic positions and occupied the church of San Pierre Sheragio. Right. Which is now, now where the Now, do you want to explain to people? Uh, what? Yes. Yeah. It's now the Uffizi Gallery. And the Uffizi, by the way, means what, right? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Um, nope. Gone. Museum? I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, it's the Uffizi Museum, so they call it the Museum Museum. What do you think this is, the uh, the, the Sahara Desert, the Desert Desert? No, what is Uffizi? Um, Uffizi, Uffizi? Uffizi means office. Oh, that's kind of... Because yeah. it was originally uh, Cosimo I de Medici, the uh, Grand Duke of Tuscany's offices, uh, Giorgio Vasari. In 1560, turned the old church into offices for the oh. magistrates uh, of Florence when Cosimo I was the Grand Duke. He lived in the Palazzo nice. della Signoria, now the Palazzo Vecchio, and uh, built these offices next door. So, you know, that's, that's where the, the business of Florence right. happened. Um, now, after... The ruling house of Medici finally died out. Their art collections were gifted to the city of Florence by the last member of the Medici family, Anna Maria Luisa. Right. She famously uh, gifted it, something called the Patto di Familia. She just gifted all of their art collection to the city. Damn. 
and it was uh, housed in the Uffizi, which became one of the first modern museums. It was open to visitors since the 16th century. That's impressive. By request originally, you had to ask to go in, and then by 1765, it was open to the public. That's amazing. Uh, For people who have never been there, by the way, Chrissy's got some um, Korean uh, students, a couple of kids uh, uh, who are students, and they've been students for years and years and years, and we know the parents well. They went to Europe uh, just after we did last year. Oh, wow. And they went to Florence. Mm -hmm. They went to Florence. And Chrissy said, they came out, Chrissy said, uh, what do you think of the Uffizi? They said, the what? She said, the the Uffizi Museum, the gallery. Did you go? They're like, no. Oh, no. She said, well, what did you think of the Statue of David at the Galleria Academia? They go, what? (laughs) You didn't go. You didn't go to see the Statue of David. No, didn't know about it. God. Oh, hey, 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 hey. I'm joking. I'm joking. It's the Italians. Plenty of... (laughs) <laughs> plenty of stuff we missed uh, when we were there. Plenty of stuff oh, sure. I didn't know about that I now sure. know about. Um, Which is why we're going back. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Seriously, I want to go live there. Seriously, I want to go live there for at least a year um, yeah. so I can see it all uh, and not have to do it all in a week, you know, take my time. Right. But, um, yeah, they went They went all the way to Florence and didn't go to the Uffizi or, or the <sighs> gallery. Um, wow. Wow. Anyway. Um, so for people, so people listening to this, don't make that mistake. If you go to Florence, mm-hmm. go to the Uffizi. It's got all of the Renaissance greats, Da Vinci, Botticelli, Caravaggio, Michelangelo, but not the Statue of David, which is in the Academy Gallery, the Galleria dell'Accademia. Totally worth it. Oh, which is, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's a must visit. Anyway, back to Ronaldo. Yeah. So the gatekeeper at the Palazzo della Signoria, was quietly offered as much gold as he could hold in his helmet right. to leave the door unlocked. Right, because um, 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 Abiti's men, the 500 men, they're, they're in the square um, in front of the Palazzo. So they're in the square uh, of the Signoria. So, yeah, so now no, that no, the no. door is unlocked. No. You sure? No, they're not in the Yeah, they're hiding in the Uffizi. What is now the Uffizi? They're hiding in the church next door. Ah, okay. And he's and the gate the gatekeepers oh. uh, they try and bribe him to leave the door unlocked because their plan is right. to storm the palazzo. Now we I don't think we've talked about this, but when you were uh, voted into the Signoria, you actually slept in the palazzo. Right. You lived you lived there for sixty days. I think partly so you couldn't be bribed. Partly so you uh, didn't uh, uh, um, get distracted yeah. by your other affairs, but you lived there. It was full of rooms. It was a it was a palace. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, um, so the the Ronaldo's plan was for his bodyguard to storm the Signoria in the middle of the night when everyone was asleep, and probably to arrest right. the Signoria if not if not have them executed. Take control. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that so they they try and bribe the gatekeeper to leave the door unlocked. Well, they do bribe him. Yeah, apparently. But the Signoria, either anticipating this or just because they know that times are crazy, they have their own plans. So the church that um, uh, his men were hiding in, the church was overlooking the piazza. So what the Signoria do is they send a palace guard out 
into the square. So now there's a physical barrier stopping Albizzi's men in case they do try to rush the Signoria. Yeah, so they're not complete fools, right. the Signoria. They, they've got... They, they they got backup plans. They they know what's coming. What, they, what do you think? What do you think, Ronaldo? They just brought back the med or invited the Medici back and went. Well, good good day's work done. Let's uh, let's Kick have a up. relax. Yeah. have some yeah. have some vino. Have some vino. <laughs> you know. No, they know now. what's coming next. Right. They know what's going to happen here. So yes, they send their palace guard out, and they've got others marching up and down through the streets, mm. getting ready to maintain order. They have preparations to withstand a siege of the palazzo. They Ooh, have provisions yeah. brought into the palazzo they, so they can survive if they're surrounded. They shut, barricaded the gates, uh, tied up the guy who had been previously Aww. bribed, summoned reinforcements right. from districts around Florence. They're prepared, baby. They're yes. not idiots. But... Yeah, the palace guards aren't going to be any match for Ronaldo's 500. Right. He knows he can probably overpower the guards and force his way into the palazzo, but if he does that now, he knows there's going to be serious bloodshed on both sides. And seriously, the optics. Like, what the fuck? These guys were voted in. Right. If he's storms the palace to remove them by force. I mean, doing it in the middle of the night is one thing. Mm -hmm. Doing it, you know, in the middle of the day when they're surrounded by soldiers and there's a battle going on. Yeah, tacky. Onlookers. Well, I mean, there's no way his rep- he's already unpopular in Florence. There's no way his reputation's going to survive this. They'll they'll string him up, but you know, he I think he kind of realizes at this juncture this is the Rubicon for him, right? He's it's right. this is all or nothing. He's rolling the motherfucking dice here, man. It's uh it's it's a it's a lose-lose situation for Albizzi, I think by this point. Right. I mean, it might be the Rubicon, but I think we're about to find out that in some ways as as bloodthirsty as he's tried to be in the past he is no caesar you're right he could win he could send his 500 armed men in but to try to get power through bloodshed before you have power it's it's the pandora's box you you never know how it's going to end so the point is he doesn't send his men in and so now it's a standoff you've got two groups of armed men standing there just staring at each other waiting for someone to give the word and they don't want to fight because they know that a lot of them are going to die so the whole thing is just it's just been cocked up completely but there's another group of people that doesn't like the situation and, th- and some of this group is from the oligarchy families and so now they're really starting to hesitate in supporting Ronaldo because again he's trying to go to the very edge he's trying to go to the abyss and he's trying to take all of them with them this is just getting way out of hand. But again, Paula Strozzi, who is, I think is in the 60s at this point, takes it one step further because he had previously promised his personal army of 500 men to support Ronaldo. And now I think he's having a change of heart. And so it's time to maybe have a talk with Albizzi. Meanwhile, there's this Mexican standoff happening in the piazza. Right. Both sides are just standing there going... That's all I got. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to do, but I was about to do it properly. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. It's... 
Yeah. I can... Yeah, you can't do the whistle. Hold on, no. You can do the do-do-do. I can... I can hmm. I can suck, but I can't blow. Really? That explains yeah. a lot. <laughs> Which is how I got the job. Yeah. But anyway, please, please go on. <laughs> you, you Seriously, you can't whistle? I, a bad whistler. I can't whistle. Sometimes I can. When I, when I get mad and I'm calling Finn the dog, I can whistle. But other than that, it's, it's, a, it's a, what do you call it? Um, a performance issue. A deformity? It's per- a bubble boy performance issue. issue. <laughs> sure, I can whistle in my bubble, but not outside. <laughs> <laughs> the grav something to do with the gravity inside of the bubble. It's those. different. The gravity inside. Yeah, different. yeah. So Paolo Strozzi, again, the uh, sort of the the elder statesman of the oligarchy, now insanely rich, but a humanist and kind of on good terms with uh, Coco. Mark. Everybody. Yeah, he uh, he goes and has a meeting with uh, Ronaldo about supporting him, and apparently, uh, one of the sources I read said that he just rode his horse into the piazza where Ronaldo was. Strozzi rides in with just two guys right. instead of five hundred. Badass <clears throat> rides in with two guys, goes up to him and goes something to the effect of "It's all over." <laughs> no. It's done, man. Like this is this is not yeah. what we talked about. This is not what we agreed. To. If we'd done it in the middle of the night, sure, we could have said, "Oh, uh, uh, I don't know what happened to the senioria. Nice they men. just uh, all went on vacation." Right. Yeah, they no, they they just they just all decided to go to you know uh, Venice for a holiday. <laughs> They're just gone. Don't know what happened to them. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. Don't ask me. What are you looking at me for? What, no idea. I guess nine... we shit. We better just have another election. Exactly, and just ignore those nine body bags. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing. Look away. Um, but like this, we can't do it. Like no, this is this is ridiculous. Uh, we're not we're not we're not uh, supporting this. Sorry. So he's Bye. out and walks away. He's out. He's out. He's out. As were most of Ronaldo's other supporters among the oligarchy. Strozzi, and he obviously sent a sent an email around to the rest of the guys, going, listen. <laughs> Look, uh, you know, yeah. Look, none of us, none of us really want the Medici here in power, of course. But um, this, we can't do this. Civil this war. Is, this is no. It's crazy. This is shame upon Florence. Right. We 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 can't be part of this. Um, and if we do be part of this, the people are going to rise up anyway. Yeah. It's this is not good. So, but Ronaldo, Mister Mister Old Cannonballs, <laughs> not a quitter. He's shaken because but he's again, not stirred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he again. It's this is his fucking Rubicon yeah, moment, man. This like, is he? Yeah, this is it. He's he's throwing it all down, all all the money on the table. He's just he's just got all of. He's got piles of cash on the table. He's just push, pushed it into push the it middle, in, both hands into the middle of the poker right. table. He's gone all in. That's right, all in on this. He's got man. no choice. Got no choice. Yeah. yeah. And what is your name, sir? Bond. James Bond. Bond Balls. He's just gone all in, Mr. Cannonballs. Yeah, balls. <laughs> Cannonballs is my name. But here's the thing. He, and I don't think he forgets this, but I think you're right. I think he's thinking, yeah, things are crazy, but I can still win. But here's the thing. The Signoria is still the legitimate government of Florence, and it acts like it. It whips out its wild card. Because who just happens to be in Florence... At the time, the Pope himself. Donald Trump. Pope, 
Close, close, very close. Because close. I in my notes I said they played their trump card. Oh, I said wild card, uh, which was yeah, Donald Trump, the world's greatest <laughs> negotiator, the Pope. Um, yes, Pope Gene Pope Simmons, who yeah. <laughs> just can just conveniently. <laughs> No, this wasn't planned. I was just passing by, saw the lights on and thought I'd drop in. Happened to be in Florence at the time. Right. Staying at the Monastery of Santa Maria Novella, St. Mary of the Short Novel. That sounds... Do you you, want to hear the short novel of St. Mary? Because I've got it. Please tell me. I'll read it to you. Please tell me. Once upon a time... Once upon a time, there was a married woman who had never had sex with her husband but suddenly turned up pregnant. It must have been God. Stop asking questions. The end. That's right. Oh, Bane, give me 10% of your money. Would you like to hear the short story of, uh, of uh, how Pope, the Pope ended up in Florence? Yeah, in a okay. minute. We'll get Go to ahead. that because uh, I, I haven't finished. Novella okay, actually means new because oh. it was built on the site of the 9th century oratory of Santa Maria della Vigna, sure. the uh, St. Mary of the Vine. Huh. Um, anyhow, yes, Pope Gene Simmons. Why yeah. was he in Florence, right? So as we probably covered in previous episodes, so the Pope... Um, when he comes to power, had been fighting with the Council of Basel for the ultimate power. And then there was the Council of Constance, uh, which are, where is he's going to lose and be um, he's going to get in trouble for that. But the point is, the Holy Roman Emperor Sigismund comes up with a compromise. And the compromise is this. The Pope will recall his bull of disillusion because he tried to dissolve the Council of Basel, but the Pope is going to be allowed to keep certain rights. So the Pope makes this concession only because his papal states are, at the time, being invaded by the former papal condottiero Niccolo, how do you say his name, Forte Brazio and the troops of um, the Duke of Milan. So they're, they're rampaging all over the Papal States. So, and they're both mad because Eugene supported Florence and Venice against Milan in recent wars. So the, to make a long story short, there's, mili- uh, there's troops from Milan who are marching on Rome. The people in Rome know they're about to get their ass handed to them, freak out, they turn on the Pope, they threaten him, so he like John III, switches into a costume dressed as an archer. It was the last one in the shop. And he sneaks out of Rome because the people turn on him and he has to get the hell out of there before his own people kill him. And he goes with his entourage. He's got E, Turtle, Drama, and a couple of Cardinals. (laughs) And one of these Cardinals is very important. We'll get to him in a minute. But the point is, Rome sets up a republic controlled by the Colonna family, who many, many years ago had supported Petrarch and other, and other people. So in June of 1434, the Pope runs away. He's now in Florence. And because he is the Pope and because he is there, I think it was pretty smart of the Signoria to go, we're going to go above um, Albizzi's head and we're going to ask the Pope to get involved. Because how do you say no to the Pope arbitrating? Well, I think you got a few things wrong there, as usual. So let me correct Please. you. Uh, first of all, the people rising up in Rome wasn't because they were shit scared that the really? you know, Visconti and the Milanese were coming in. Yeah, it was because the Colonna family uh, basically sponsored uh, a, a, a rebellion oh, against the Pope. So you remember right. 
the Kelowna family, Pope Marty, Pope Marty was from the Kelowna right. family. And, and when he was Pope, he was the guy that uh, was made Pope after the Council of Constance. When he was Pope, he elevated like 25 members of his family into positions of power. Right. They were cardinal this and bishop that. He's just, hey, you get a bishopric <laughs> and you get a bishopric and you get a cardinalship. <laughs> And remember, when he died and Gene Simmons took over, he stripped the Kelowna family oh God, right. of all their right. all their power and titles. <clears throat> so they were pissed at him. And you know this this battle with the Kelownas and the other guys has been going on for a long time. These these the Kelownas and I can't remember the name of the other family. These two families that have been basically warlords of Rome for centuries, mm-hmm. uh, fighting against each other. Um, so the Kelowna basically rise up. It's it's very similar to what's going on in Florence. You've got these families battling it out. One family is the Kelowna family. The other family is Gene Simmons, the Simmons family. Right. Um, so that's that's kind of why he's out of road. Both the Milanese are coming in, but also um, the 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 Kelowna family have managed to get the people to rise up against mm. him. Um, now, and also when he runs away in disguise, he's actually disguised as a large demon with platform heels <laughs> and a bass guitar in the shape of an axe. Now, in retrospect, right. not not the best idea, to be sure, to dress up as that, but it was all he could find <laughs> in, in a closet. hurry. Uh, in the closet. <laughs> and ever since that day, yeah. his descendants have carried on the tradition. Right. Um, so to this very day, the members of the Simmons family called Gene, Eugenius, have to dress up uh, as oldest, a giant the oldest demon, first, demon bat. Right. The oldest male child has yeah. to take it on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's how, that's how it all got started. Um, now, uh, a little bit more about the um, Council of Basil. And the conciliar movement, I did mention this mm-hmm. uh, briefly in a previous episode, but what's going on at the time is this battle. So, okay, so we had the, we had that whole Avignon um, right. period, right, where the popes were basically being created by the, the king of France mm-hmm. was deciding who the pope was. And then you, we had the Pope finally go back to Rome, mm-hmm. but then you had a bunch of cardinals go to France. Oh, They're that's on the right. because they've all been on the payroll of France, also. Yeah. Uh, and then there's this battle between the cardinals, or what's known as the Ecumenical Council, a bunch of theological experts. It's, there's this battle between them and the Pope to see who's the most powerful. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, does the does the Ecumenical Council work for the Pope, or does the Pope work for the Ecumenical Council? Right. Uh, this is the battle that's going on at the moment. It's a hangover from the days of the Avignon Papacy. This battle for supremacy between mm-hmm. Pope and Council. Uh, the council is saying, no, 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 we we are the people that are running the church. You're just our representative. You work for us. Right. It's a bit like it's the CEO and the board of a company. And um, he's like, no, fuck you. I'm the Pope. I'm the only authority. You do what I tell you. I set the rules, not you. God's representative. 
again, this is one of these funny things. You know, Christians tend to think, Catholics tend to think that, um, you know, it's always been the Pope since St. Peter and the Pope's yeah. the man and everyone else's. No, no, fuck off. No, it's not. That's not the story. The story is way serious more fascinating. Power struggles. So, yeah. Yeah, serious power struggles going on. Now, this, by the way, goes back to our good old friend William of Ockham. Mm -hmm. He of the razor. Benedictine, I seem to think, uh, from memory, right. uh, when he was trying to get rid of Pope John the Twenty Second, this goes back to the whole Avignon bullshit, where um, Ockham declared that popes were fallible, had been known to fall into heresy, oh God. and that the Church was bigger than the Pope. It was the people. The people were the Church, not right. the Pope, and the. And the people were always right. And the people, the congregation, reserved the right to remove popes mm. if they were heretical through their representatives, which were the cardinals, as, uh. as represented in the ecumenical council. Gotcha. So, you know, this had been going on for decades and decades, this battle between the cardinals and the pope. I mean it's it's there's some obviously merit to it but as we know the cardinals were corrupt as well than the bishops they're all fucking corrupt yeah. so you know maybe William of Ockham and some of these monks in the tradition of um uh uh, uh what's his face St Francis of Assisi mm -hmm. and then you had uh, uh Hus and, and Jerome of Prague these guys, there were guys out there that were arguing to get rid of the corruption and return to simplicity and poverty and all these sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, they, they were out there, and I think William of Ockham was probably one of those. Um, so, yeah. So in the meantime, the Holy Roman Emperor, Ziggy Stardust, has gotten involved and uh, the Colonna family has gotten involved. So Gene Simmons is hiding out in Florence as you said. Yeah. Now, I don't, they've just been defeated by Milan. Like, he's like, oh no, the Milanese are invading uh, Rome. I better run away to Florence. <laughs> Florence just had their ass kicked by Milan for like the third time, dude. Like, what the memory. fuck are they going to do? Exactly. If Visconti goes, okay, well, we're going to come after you in Florence now, what are the Florentines going to do? Like, offer them biscuits? I mean, there's nothing. They're useless well, in, in a standoff against the Milanese. If you remove the physical danger and you had to go somewhere, wouldn't Florence be the place? I mean, it's pretty, you know, up until recently there's been money and you can be very comfortable with your entourage. I mean, besides the military threat, I, I would think that's the place to go. Yeah, and I guess if he knows the Milanese are coming for him there, he can always run away somewhere else. He's getting good Maybe, at it. in theory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the Signoria, as you said, asked him to intervene in the Mexican standoff. So he sends Cardinal Vitaleski, mm -hmm. who is described as Ronaldo's most intimate friend. Oh, to um, he he sends him off to invite Ronaldo to have a meeting with the Pope. Right. Now, now, how much do you know about Cardinal Vitaleski? I know that he was born in 1396, so he's still a relatively young man. He's been trained in the ways of war. He was actually the commander of the papal armies when the revolt broke out in Rome. 
And um, so again, but because he is um, a part of the church and because he's well-educated and because he has his own power, he is a cardinal, he is a friend to a lot of different people, not only Albizzi, but the Pope as well and Cosimo. And so he knows a lot of people and not to, and I'm going to stop right here, but not to get too far ahead of the story. This is going to be the man who is going to go back to Rome with an army and most cruelly take it back in the Pope's name. So the whole story with Rome obviously is not over, but this is going to be the guy that goes back in there and kicks ass and take names. Yeah, he's a he's a war cardinal. Yeah, they're the best. Like you've got your ward, right? You got John Hurt, your your ward doctor. <laughs> this guy is your war cardinal. He can pray or kick when ass you, when you need to go to war. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or at the he same did both time. at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so, of course, the, the Medici are still the papal bankers. So yeah. uh, this guy is on good terms with Cosimo, as is the Pope. And, uh, you know, they're... Funnily enough, though, they're in hiding in Florence, which is being run by the Medici enemies. Mm. Kind mm-hmm. of, um, right. but when when he got there, they still were like um, yeah. He 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 was there before the uh, Medici supporters took over the Signoria. Right. So Pope Gene Simmons uh, tried to uh, rescue Coco Ma when he was in prison, failed. Ooh. Coco's enemies have taken over Florence, but the Pope is still there. Uh, seeking refuge there, so yeah. it's confusing times, yeah. man. There, there's it's days of our lives really going on here. <laughs> friends of friends and friends of enemies in the whole thing. Well, Cardinal Vitaleski eventually convinced Ronaldo that he wasn't going to have him arrested or killed. Yeah, he goes come to a come to a banquet with the Pope, and the guy's like, "Bitch, I'm up on my ray in cam. What do you think? I'm a fool." <laughs> I didn't go to the Palazzo della Signoria when they invited me. I'm not going when you and he goes, no, 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 no. It's the Pope. It's the Pope, boy. He's your boy. Pope Gene Simmons. I give you my word, and I am a cardinal. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So he finally convinces him. So Ronaldo rides through the streets to Santa Maria Novella, but he takes his army with him. That was smart. That was smart. And suppose, yeah. supposedly he had so many men that the last of them had not left the piazza when the first of them had reached the monastery, which is about a quarter of a mile away. So he obviously has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of men with him who are going with him. So, yeah, so he'll go talk, but he certainly still has, he's still negotiating, hopefully, from a position of strength. By the time he gets there, it's early evening. Now, before he goes inside, he gives his troops instructions. He says, look, if I'm not out by Mm -hmm. midnight, come in and get me. (laughs) Whatever you do, don't drink any wine and get drunk because I need Ah. you sharp. I need you sharp in case things go awry here. And and number three, don't leave. Don't leave. Three <laughs> Don't things. Leave. Yeah. <laughs> so what did I say? Whatever we do, we should get drunk and leave. No, no, that's not what I said. Whatever you do, don't get drunk and don't leave. Don't. Oh, right. Right. Don't get drunk but leave. No. Anyway, <laughs> uh, eventually he had to he had to cut it short. He had to go in. As soon as he went inside, 
His troops passed around <laughs> the wine and got shit-faced drunk. <laughs> oh my! So, so hundreds of men with arms are now shit-faced all around outside while these guys are talking. And so they they start they start talking, and you know the Pope is like, "Look, we have to some kind of agreement. We can't keep this revolt going. This is not the way to go." And Albizzi, you know, is obviously concerned about his tomorrows. He's concerned about what's going to happen to him, to his property, or whatever. And they talk and they talk and they talk, and finally the pro- the Pope. And I don't know if he should have done this, or I don't know if he checked with anybody first. He said, "Look, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm prepared to do for you today. I promise you." that if you stop this revolt right now, there will be no banishments. No one will confiscate any of your property. And as a kicker, there will be no fines. Because you know the Florentines love to fine people. So if you, I, you back down now, I promise you, none of those things will happen to you. And finally, after I don't know how many hours, Ronaldo agrees to end his revolt. Gave him Pope's pinky promise. That's right. <laughs> It's not, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't get more powerful than the Pope Pinky promise. I don't think it does. He says, no punishment, no fines, not even a harsh glance or the stink eye, um, no bad reviews on iTunes or right. Yelp. Yeah, no stink bomb. <laughs> now, apparently, when Ronaldo went in, the Pope was wearing a great dress. No, sorry. He was in a state uh-huh. of great distress. Sorry, I read my notes wrong there. <laughs> According to one report, the... Infinite tears of the Pope issued from the same source as those of the crocodile. Ooh, that doesn't now, sound nice. Do you know where the term crocodile tears comes from, Ray? Elton John. No, I don't. I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> now that would be crocodile rock. Rock. Sorry. Um, Sorry. Crocodile tears comes from the Middle Ages when people thought that crocodiles would pretend to cry. Sure. And when their prey would come close to comfort them and see what was wrong. <laughs> oh, Darwin The crocodile awards. would right. grab them. Now, why the fuck would you get close to a crocodile <laughs> oh, if it was crying? crying? Like It's crying. They're there. They're there, little crocodile. What seems you, to be the problem? Did your girl did you shoot your dog th- and then steal your truck and leave you? Like, what? Did you step on a thorn? Let me pull it out. Did, an, uh-huh. did yeah. a bad Italian man try and take away your new bride on the Spanish steps? On the fucking And honeymoon? did she try and leave with him? What's wrong, little crocodile? <laughs> there was a couple Now, tears. apparently. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Croc. Crocodiles and alligators do shed tears when they eat. And the word crocodile, by the way, literally means worm of the stones. I don't know. It's from the Greek. It's a reference to, well, crocodiles used to bask in the sun Mm -hmm. uh, on the rocks. And so they were called worms of the stones. I'd oh. Fucking monsters of the stones would have been better. But anyway, crocodile, <laughs> worm of the stones. Right. Yeah. Yes. Now, Gene, oh Pope Gene uh, obviously wants a strong and stable government in Florence mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. Number one, uh, he needs help to return to Rome. And to do that, he right. needs to hire a big army. Apparently, the papal army is a little bit lacking at this stage. Uh, he needs to hire some right. condottieri like Francesco Sforza. Uh, and to do that, he needs 
Medici money. So he's begging Ronaldo to call off the revolt. He also wants help uh, fighting Venice, which is where Coco Ma is in exile. Can you come back and help me fight the people that (laughs) have been looking after you for the last four months, Coco? That'd be great. If you could do that, that'd be great. This is convoluted, to say the least. Days of our lives. Yeah. So, finally... In the early hours of the morning, Ronaldo's looking at his pocket watch. He's like, uh, my troops were supposed to be in here. I told him if I wasn't out by midnight to come in. It's now like 2 a.m. Huh. Something's Where wrong. Where the fuck are my troops? Yeah. He finally goes out. Most of the troops have left. And the ones that are there are drunk, passed out, having sex with their virgin daughters. Um, he's like, what? what? They're like, oh, it's all right. It's biblical, man. It's, it's biblical. It's all good. Don't look. I honestly don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I'm so I'm so drunk. I have no idea who this is. But boy, is she toy, toy like a toyger. No. <laughs> Where were we? Yeah. So, but between the Pope was men, like, well, yeah. The Pope, the Pope, the Pope was like, no, they're they're right. That's. That's that's approved. It's, it's the twelfth <laughs> commandment. We don't talk about it a lot, but uh, I, I bless the you. commandment is I'm blessing you. Yeah. yeah, if you if you get drunk, you're allowed to have sex with your virgin daughters. That's okay. That sounds right, actually. Yeah. So the few men that were there were so drunk, and some of them were still up enough to be rowdy that um, Ronaldo didn't feel safe walking back either with them or through the streets. So he sleeps over at the Pope's house. So this man sleeps with the priests which is relatively safer than sleeping with a bunch of drunk Italian guys with swords. So it must have been pretty bad to take your clothes off near a priest. Uh, it must have been pretty bad out there. <laughs> he was actually spooning the Pope uh, <laughs> that night. Um, the Cardinal's on the other side. It's the name, of, by the way, of my next album. The name of my next album is uh, Spooning the Pope. (laughs) Sounds like a David Bowie or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) My new band is called Pope Pope Spoon. Pope Spoon is the name of my new band. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Scotty. Scotty Burbick is going to be our lead guitarist. Uh, Gene Simmons on bass. Pope's Hell yeah. Now, of course, <laughs> you're going to be the lead singer after your right. Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go last episode. <laughs> now, of course, in yep. the meantime, while all this had been going on, the uh, Pope Spoon, the Signoria were using this to buy time. They had sent word to mercenaries who were waiting for the signal in the right. mountains. They had entered the city under cover of darkness, like D'Angelo sneaking in your bedroom window in the middle of the night. Yeah. And the next day, the next day, the vacca was told. Give me yes. your uh, impersonation of the vacca being told, Ray. I, did we say it was like a, a load, like a cow? I have no idea. I don't remember what we did. Did we do a moo? Did we do a moo? I really can't remember. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a moo. Vacuum means cow. I'm getting, getting turned on. Oh, it's yeah. turning, me, turning me on. <laughs> uh, we're two people. So the citizens with property, that's the, yeah. 
That's the signal for the citizens with property to gather in the Piazza della Signoria. They had to kick a few uh, passed-out drunken soldiers out of the way when they gathered. <laughs> they, were, they were surrounded by the mercenaries from the mountains for protection. Ah. The Signoria then emerged with Cardinal Vitaleschi, and they asked the people if they wanted to form a balia. Uh, right. See! The people yelled, see, 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 rider, oh, see what you have done. Yeah, yeah, I said, see, 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 rider, I see what you have done. Yeah, yeah, well, you made me love you. I'm gone, that's what I say. Well, I'm going away, baby, and I won't. Be back for long. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm going. And they're like, no, we don't have time for that. Don't have time for that. Everyone stop. Cut that right. out right now. No singing. Right, right. So a, a balia of 350 citizens was selected, and they immediately voted to overturn the banishment of the Medici. So now it is official law oh, of the land. right. Uh, apparently the Signoria themselves couldn't do this for some reason. I think it was a Balia that um, Ronaldo had called originally that banished the Medici. Yes. Now the Signoria have called another Balia that have devoted to overturn yeah. the banishment. And so the Medici are coming back, baby. I'm back, baby. But I think we're out of time. Right. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next week with what happens. Hey, we, we thought we were going to get it, all the Medici stuff done in two episodes. We said at the beginning of last episode, we're, we're but uh, we've we're been wrong. fucking around so much that apparently not. <laughs> apparently yeah, no. We, we're not going to get to Poggio. Right. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, if I didn't have to correct your stories when you tell them badly, mm. you know, we might have I'm got just doing through my this. Part. Yeah. All right. Yep. I'll take them. All right. I'll take the blame. All right. Uh, more, more Medici when we get back. Might be the last Medici for a while next. We don't know. We'll see how it goes. Who the fuck knows what's happening <laughs> in this show anymore? Yeah. I got no idea. Not me. Yeah.